Episode 3 of the Ours is the Fury podcast. Today with Blogsmith. Hey. Ryan. Hello. Myself. And uh, it is also my great honor to welcome one of the uh, Canadian soccer community heavyweight journalists, Dwayne Rollin. Uh, how are you doing? It's, uh, it's good to be here. Was that, was that a crack at my weight? <laughs> well, I had no idea what you looked like. And then when I first saw you, I, I have to say I was shocked. <laughs> I pictured you like to be a, a marathon runner or, oh, yeah. or a triathlon runner from your Five Rings podcast. I thought you're you're really quite an athlete. I watch the Olympics. I do not participate in them. Yeah, I do have a you know a gut myself, so I'm more of a soccer analyst than a soccer player myself. And I think same goes to, for Blogsman. I do not have a gut at all. <laughs> no, Blogsman is very slim. Condition. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so another loss for the Ottawa Fury. Woo! <laughs> yeah. But it was the first ever game, our first home opener. Um, Ryan, what were your exp- impressions of the game? Uh, the game, well, what I saw of it, it was very, very good. Uh, we didn't attack very much. I think we had one opportunity to score, and we capitalized on that opportunity. Um, we're definitely hurting in the midfield. We looked better in the preseason games. We looked better in Rochester. Um, defensively, I think we'll be okay, but playing a team like Edmonton, I think their defense is still better than our defense. Yeah. Um, just so the for the listeners who didn't see the match, uh, Tim, can you just tell them what the lineup was? Yeah, we started out uh, with uh, Ubi Parapovich and uh, Heinemann and uh, Peterson both out. We started... Uh, Richie Ryan and Donatelli at the CDMs. And then we played Minatel at the center attacking mid with Davies, Maynard on the wing, and of course Dantas, who scored at the striker position. It's a much, uh, uh, much more defensive formation than uh, we've put out the last game throughout the preseason. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they didn't create a lot of chances, but we did get our first goal, so that's one positive to take away. <laughs> it came from uh, Donatelli Cross, who just managed to keep the ball in the game, and it was a like a perfect uh, pass to um, uh, Dantes, who hit it home with his head, and uh, that was the 1-1. And then uh, maybe, Ryan, you can talk a little bit about how the uh, 97th minute of the game went. So, yeah, 97th minute. So it hit 90th minute. I believe in the stadium they announced five minutes. Online they said six minutes. Uh, The goal was scored in the 97th minute, 98th minute by some accounts. So um, we're not sure why it went so long. There was a foul in the 96th, but it was pretty quick set up and play again. So we, we saw that Dos Santos was on the pitch right after... Oh yeah, he ran right at right yeah right, right at, at the at referee. The ref. So we maybe there'll be some discipline there. We're not sure if we'll have Dos Santos Saturday against Carolina. 
but yeah, definitely a lot of people were not happy about that. Personally, I don't have too many complaints because yeah, the the additional time was valid. There were a lot of injuries, so that was probably the right amount of time. And then it's normal in soccer if there's like a free kick from a pretty good distance that you add a few seconds to the game. The only complaint I do have is that our keeper was fouled. That's when I rewatched the the play later on in NASL Live, I thought it was a foul, but other than that, it was just unlucky and very disappointing. But uh, let's move on from the the game details themselves, and let's talk a little bit about the atmosphere. Dwayne, you made the trip uh, the trip all the way uh, from Toronto. How how was it like for you to to be in Ottawa at the stadium at no, Carleton University? I I thought it was a it was a great start for, for the for the professional game here. I know that there's been other levels here before, and the, there's a supporters group that's been around that. But um, I was surprised by the the amount of sort of uh, community the. The people that were out there, the, the stands were packed. It was a full house, um, nice little supporters section. Uh, the media coverage I thought was really, really good. I was following that pretty closely in the days leading up to it. I think that you can't complain. Um, I had worries about the possibility of this, this club getting ignored. And I appreciate this is coming from an outside perspective. So I think that it was uh, embraced and uh, I, I was just happy to come out. Uh, I feel honored that it's the third time I've watched a professional team in this country launch. And it compares to the other two, which TFC being one, and, and I went up to the Whitecaps' first game as well. So uh, I think that there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to build on here. And, uh, you know, there's going to be growing pains from the team's, team's perspective. Uh, they look like a bunch of players that have been together for a month, you know. Um, but if you, you're, you're, some of your top offensive weapons were out, so I think that that explains the lack of offensive production from the game side. So I think there's just a lot to be excited about, and hopefully uh, hopefully you can get a result against Edmonton. And... Uh, uh, I think that would be something that the fans here would like and uh, move on from there. Great. Yeah, uh, the teams, they've been together seven weeks, it was pointed out uh, last night. And uh, like Dwayne said, they look like a team that's been together a very short time. Uh, I think going forward, uh, I think Dos Santos, he's doing what he did with Montreal. He's building the team from the back out. Uh, so that seems to be priority. Uh, Someone pointed out that in this league, that it's hard to get consistent, good strikers and attacking players. And if you really think about it, who in this league is a good? We got Shriver, but there is there's very few, and they bring guys. Oh, Ebbers of the Fort Lauderdale strikers. Ebbers, the thirty-five-year-old, second Bundesliga legend. Yeah, St. Pauli legend Ebbers uh, playing for Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. and, um, but these guys that come in and they're either like. They have one great year and then they're done. They're too old to play, or or they're they're bust. So uh, that's something. If you if you're starting your own NESL team, you know, listen, Jacksonville or Virginia, <laughs> get some strikers because uh, there's there's hardly any good strikers in the league. There's maybe three. Like. So um, Dwayne, just to get back to um, the the experience in the stands of the game, it was great that you were with us in the supporters section for most of it. Um, what was your view? Um, of the more hardcore fans there and how does it compare to TFC and the beginning days of TFC? Uh, I mean, Ottawa is a smaller center and it's, it's a D2 team. So I think that the, a better comparison to be, would be what the Toronto scene looked like before they went to MLS. And that was much bigger than what it was during the Toronto Lynx days. I think it's comparable to certainly comparable to what they have in Edmonton. It's probably bigger than that from what I've seen. I haven't been fortunate enough to beat Edmonton to see a game yet, but uh, I, I believe that uh, you know I had I went to 
one of the supporters bars to start the game before the game and I went to another one at the end of the game there was a lot of people there enjoying themselves and if you didn't you took the scarves and changed them around you wouldn't know you were in any other city it looked like every other city I've been to like it looked like a supporters crowd your numbers will grow there were people in that stadium that would have watched that section yesterday that wouldn't have had an idea or a clue that that type of support exists in sport because it's just not natural to the to the North American mindset and they would have seen it and I think that you'll see your section get more and more full as the year progresses as people just wander into it um, and say like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. That's that's the way you grow supporter sections. Um, you know, comparing it to the first ever game in, in Toronto or in Vancouver, it's not really a fair comparison because the amount of marketing push behind TFC was something that, that a organization like the Fury simply can't match nor would expect them to. It is a Division II team. And the Southsiders, of course, have been around for 10 years by the, by the time they launched into MLS. So both had big organic support that had grown from the ground up over years. But I think that there's a lot to build on there. And as I said, I suspect that that section will get more and more full um, as the year progresses. And uh, you'll figure out what your, your best songs and chants are. And you'll, you'll repeat them enough times that more and more people will join in. And the atmosphere will grow and grow and grow. I read some of the coverage today and there, there was a lot of comment about it being a vibrant, exciting event from sort of people the the neutral media observers out there so so obviously you made an impact that way all right so we also asked our listeners a question um, which was if you went to the fury home opener how was your experience and will you be back and uh, Lidovsky says unreal experience i will be back for many more games and uh thomas mcveigh said solid game experience process for buying beer was goofy though you're a for-profit business act like you want my money and yeah, I have to agree with that. It was kind of strange. Like first you had to get a bracelet and then you had to buy for tickets. But then there was no beer to be sold anywhere near the ticket stand. So then you had to locate someone with a beer somewhere. And, uh, you know, once your beer was done, you had to repeat that process. Uh, a few times in, in the supporter section, there was a chant, we want beer. We want beer. <laughs> Something to that effect. It was pretty hilarious. Uh, so, Blogsmith, you probably were the most sober, excluding <laughs> Dwayne from Dwayne all of drink. No. Exactly. Um, so, what were some of your uh, experiences like yesterday? Like, is, is there anything you'd like? Oh, it was great. It was finally good to finally see a professional soccer back in uh, Ottawa. Mm. Uh, from where I was sitting, it was kind of middle top, and uh, it was really great. Like everyone was like stomping their feet at times, with corners, and it was it was shaking the stands. It was really good and. Uh, even though they got scored on late, I was still pretty happy that I finally got to see this team play, which I've been waiting years and years for. For sure. This concludes the first part of the pod. Next, we will discuss the uh, Edmonton match in the Voyagers Cup, so we'll be back right after this music. Welcome, Nathan, uh, from the loyal company of the River Valley. How's it going? Not too bad, you guys. Oh, pretty good. I mean, it sucks that we lost again. So, no points yet uh, in the can, NASL. But what can you do? We can relate to that. We can relate to that. Yeah, how did the game go last night? Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it, it was 
up and down. Um, there were some very bright spots in the initial stages, uh, some very dark spots in the middle, and some very bright spots at the end, I think. Um, Cosmos are basically an Italian league team, in my opinion. They dove every, I've never seen, uh, and I've talked to people that have been watching soccer for generations, uh, or decades, I should say, uh, I've never seen a player carried off on a stretcher after getting uh, some cramp. But that happened last night for a Cosmos player, which is utterly ridiculous to me. Um, so that kind of gives you guys a sense of what you're in store for when you play the Cosmos. There's a lot of time wasting and a lot of uh, arbitrary diving. And uh, I don't I haven't looked at the foul counts yet, but I know that they were awarded probably about two to three times what FC Edmonton got. So, so was yeah, there a game was, sold uh, out yesterday? Uh, well, that's what the the club said. Yes, I don't know. It's it's tough to tell because with Edmonton. Uh, not everybody goes to their seats. There's a lot of standing room at the uh, around the end zone that a lot of people go to. Um, but it was a very good crowd. It was definitely probably the best crowd that FC Edmonton has had uh, in their lifespan so far. So that was a very good thing to have to see. Uh, and it was it was loud. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, I heard that they uh, sold a lot more season tickets this year. Like, is there a big buzz in the city right now, or what's the mood like in Edmonton? Um, I don't know if there's a big buzz per se uh, it's tough to say uh, I think that with the Oilers being out so quickly the Eskimos not starting and uh, the rest of the sports teams are kind of benefiting from it so there's the the Edmonton Oil Kings the, the hockey team that's uh, the WHL that's playing in the playoffs right now um, there's the Edmonton Rush the lacrosse team and they're doing very well uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a few people decided to go to the Rush game instead of the uh, FC Edmonton game last night but had tickets to both and uh, then there's FC Edmonton and I think that having the Cosmos come with such a big name uh, helped the the numbers. Um, so it was it was good. It was there was it definitely was a better and bigger crowd than uh, ever before. Um, the difference uh, the two supporters groups, uh, um, the Royal Company and um, the Edmonton supporters group, uh, they both had very good turnout. So it was nice and loud in the supporters area, and we had some nice echo chants going back and forth. So it was good. It was a lot of fun. Sounds good. Uh, that's Ryan here. I was just wanted to ask you, uh, what's the situation with the new pitch that's going in? I heard you guys are getting ready of the football lines. Yeah, it's still the football lines, although I've been told, or we've been told, I guess, that it will be painted over for the um, Voyager Cup game in Edmonton. Uh, but uh, they're going in in between the spring NASL season and the fall NASL season. So during the World Cup break, they'll be going in. Uh, so they're not in yet, but from all accounts and from everything we've heard, uh, it sounds like they're going in later this year. So. That sounds good. And we have a surprise uh, guest on our podcast today, Mr. Dwayne Rollins, who's going to ask you something now. For Hi. sure. How are you doing? Um, not too bad yourself. I'm, well, uh, I'm curious about the, the Voyagers uh, Cup and... Uh, I should should give the sponsors a little bit of a throw. The Amway Canadian Championship for the Voyagers Cup. Uh, does the general populace, the general fan at FC Edmonton care about that competition, or is it still something that really is only focused on on the supporters, those that have more ties to the to Canadian soccer scene? Is it is it something that excites the general fan? You know, I think that this year will be the kind of proving ground for that, um, mostly because this will be the first year that there won't be an uh, MLS team playing Edmonton. Um, I think that up to this point, because we've had Toronto and Vancouver play us, uh, there's been that inherent big game feel about it. Um, we're playing a, a team that's a division above us. You know, there's some recognized talent. There's some a recognized name there. Um, so I think that this year, um, at least the first game um, at home, 
will be an interesting test to see if people care about it. Um, I, I know from the supporters, like we were all very into it and very uh, excited for it. Um, the average fan, I'm guessing, would probably just view it as another league game, especially considering that Ottawa's in the same league as us. So I'm not 100% sure, but I think that question will be answered in a couple weeks. Do you think there will be a rivalry with Ottawa? Do you sense that, or is that something that's going to have to grow organically? I think it's going to have to grow organically. Um, I don't think... It, it, it's not as natural to say if, if Calgary had entered the NASL, there would be an automatic rivalry from the day it was announced. Um, but I think that with Ottawa, it's got to be something that's... There's going to have to be some... I don't want to say hatred, but there's going to have to be some sort of like uh, event to cause some animosity between the two uh, clubs. I think I, I think that all our Canadian teams kind of view each other as um, brethren to some degree. Um, you know, we're all in it to try and further the Canadian uh, sport, and um, because of that, I think that there's a bit of I hope you guys do well, except for against us. So <laughs> it's not like we would utterly hate them. Like if there's a team in Calgary. I guarantee you that we would utterly hate them. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a weird kind of mixture. We we the guys in Vancouver and us we we've over the last couple of years playing them every year. We've developed quite a nice uh, brotherhood, I guess you want to call it. We're their little brother. So during the game, we're all you know chanting, singing, yelling at each other, and then after the game, it's go out for drinks and get smashed together. So for sure. So is anyone making the trip to Ottawa on Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, we do have one person that will be there. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it, it's more coincidence than it is planned, but um, he will be there and he will be uh, repping full SVM to colors. Um, yeah, pretty dedicated. Good guy. Okay, cool. Man, yeah, maybe you can give us his details later. We can go uh, have a soda <laughs> pop with him later because we're all over yeah, drinking. Sure. <laughs> um, I think he's going he's gonna to contact you guys anyways, but uh, yeah, for sure. So I assume you guys think you're going to win? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that's a gimme. I, I definitely think we're going to win. Um, I, I would say in, in league, just looking at the league competition, I would say that um, Ottawa has not done as well in the first two games against teams that I think that Edmonton should beat, um, whereas Edmonton has had probably the toughest two games of its season um, and have performed about what I thought they would. Um, so I don't see any kind of reason why Edmonton would lose. I don't. I think it'll be closer than I initially thought. But um, as long as Edmonton can score a few goals away and start scoring, then um, I think they'll be fine. Hey Nathan, it's uh, Bug Smith here. How are you doing? How's it going? Not too bad. Um, during the first two games, uh, you guys got a, a pretty fair result in the first game and lost a tough uh, game last yesterday. How can you? Uh, mm-hmm. What can you take away from Edmonton going forward and how they're going to improve throughout the year? Um, I think that there's a lot of, of communication stuff that needs to, to kind of come together for them. Um, didn't see so much, but I thought they were communicating quite well, actually, in Tampa. Um, I think that, the, that there's still a few um, communication issues to, to have happen. Last night, um, it was pretty clearly, uh, there was a bit of a falling apart at the back. Um, Fortunately, Watson was able to marshal them quite well in the last 20 minutes or so. It was, it was really kind of clear how well he was able to, to kind of group everybody together. Um, but I think that once the front line and the midfield can start communicating more efficiently, um, there's some really good ideas there. I mean, Frank Jockey, that guy's a beast. He's huge. And he won, like, in the first 
20 minutes. He won pretty much every single 50-50 header out there. Um, so he's he's got some real kind of skill going for those crosses. Um, it's just a matter of getting some quality crosses in there because uh, the, the, the cross just wasn't there. So once those start clicking and the communication gets a bit better and they can start getting to the right places, uh, I think that they'll be, uh, they'll be able to score no problem. Okay, great. So the final question for you, maybe um, you can give, give us a little bit of an overview of your supporters group, like how did they come to be and what, what are they all about? For sure. Um, well, a lot of, uh, like we are, we're, we're just your standard sports group to a large degree. Um, you know, we're a bunch of guys that like to drink beer, hang out together. Um, guys and girls, I should say, we're pretty, pretty actively co-ed. We don't want to become an old boys club for, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, where we differ is that uh, we're not, we don't feel like we need to chant or sing or, or do stuff for the full 90 minutes. There's a, a large degree of we just want to come out, have some fun. If that involves sitting there and watching the game while people around you are screaming, that's fine. If you want to scream, that's fine. Um, but it, it's kind of uh, nice. We didn't really know how we'd go until last night. Uh, there was some, like I said, a lot of really fun kind of echo chants with the, uh, the other supporters group. Um, it's kind of nice to to be a bit more selective uh, in some of the chants and stuff that we use. Um, and, and we just kind of hang out and have some fun. Um, we've been going to pretty much, uh, hanging out every week, I should say, watching some MLS games. And uh, we obviously watched the, the Tampa game last night or last week at the uh, at the bar, and uh, it's, it's growing quite well. Uh, I think both uh, the supporters' culture in Edmonton is growing quite a bit in the last year. Um, there's definitely a lot more awareness, and I think that people are, are curious and they're they're looking to join and we might be the the supporters light version that people kind of start with and then end up moving to a bit more of the ultra or the hardcore kind of mentality um which is fine and, you know we just want to kind of hang out have some fun and watch some football so it's good sounds great thanks so much uh, nathan for coming on maybe you can just finally let uh people know how they can get in touch with you are you on twitter or Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you're interested in following the, the Loyal Company uh, on Twitter, it is uh, Loyal Company RV, um, well, at Loyal Company RV. Um, we are on Facebook, and on Facebook, I believe we are, oh, I'm going to mess this up. I think it's L, uh, Loyal, Loyal C-O-R-V. Um, and you can definitely email us, Loyal Company of the River Valley at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we've got tons of people across North America really their uh, members and that uh, are, are supporting FC Edmonton in whatever capacity so uh, it's fun we like to hang out drink some beer have some, watch some football good times sounds good well thanks for joining us today thanks, uh, thanks for having me guys uh, have a good Easter and uh, try to uh, not feel too badly when we destroy you guys on Wednesday <laughs> okay we'll hold you to that thanks <laughs> alright thanks okay. so this Wednesday is of course The game against FC Edmonton in the Voyagers Cup, the game we've been looking forward to the most, I believe, I speak for all of us. Um, if we can win these two legs, we're going to be playing against the Impact, we're going to have a great road trip. But first, we got to win the first leg on Wednesday. You guys think we have a chance? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think if we do win, it'll be a one-goal game. I think I said this a couple weeks back, it'll be a one-goal game win. Uh, we're not gonna blow FC Edmonton out of the water. They're the best defensive team in the league. So if we do win, it's we're gonna squeak one out. Yeah, I agree uh, that we're not gonna be scoring a lot of goals, but hopefully it will be enough. Um, since we have Dwayne uh, Rollins here, maybe uh, you can give us a little bit of a history of the Voyagers Cup. 
Yeah, the Voyager's Cup, uh, I think the most important fact is it, it predates the current Canadian Championship. Um, the sponsor name here, Canadian Championship, is something that was uh, started in 2008 uh, to reflect the fact that they needed to, to create a competition to get Canadian teams into the CONCACAF Champions League. But the Voyager's Cup has a great history. It's a, it's a supporters-driven cup. Uh, back in the early 2000s, which is the absolute dead, dark time of Canadian football, uh, when there was no leadership and there was no sort of impetus to do anything uh, progressive, a lot of fans started to step up and say, like, look, we, need to, we have all these professional club teams, which isn't a lot in the global sense, but for Canada at the time, it was, uh, there was three or four that were playing. They had a peak of five at one point. Uh, which we've reached back to again, but um, they just decided that they needed to, to create a, a, a trophy. And by $5 donations, $10 donations, $20 donations here and there, the fans actually did what the CSA wouldn't do. Uh, the CSA showed no leadership at the time. They didn't uh, sanction that tournament until such time as uh, it already had been growing for sort of, um, you know, it was very similar to the Cascadia Cup or to to one of those those fan-driven uh, cups that are out there. It's in the sense that they just calculated standings based on the regular season games that were already scheduled, and the Voyagers, with their own expense, would get out and would reward the trophy to, to the team that won. Uh, and that team was usually Montreal. Montreal has won the Voyagers Cup more than any other team. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people would guess that it was Toronto, but no, it, it, it's Montreal. In fact, uh, the first time Toronto won the Voyagers Cup was as the MLS team, the famous uh, the 6-1 game in the Miracle Montreal, they call it in Toronto circles. Uh, when they, they overcame the big deficit to, to win that game and uh, send Vancouver home crying. Vancouver has never won the Voyagers Cup, which is also very amusing uh, to a lot of people. Um, not necessarily if they're, they're Southsiders, but uh, it, it's, it's fun history that way. No, I think it's just valuable that Canadians know that because I think it, it reflects the, the fan-driven, the organic support local football concept that has really kept the game alive during those dark days in the 2000s when nothing was happening. There was no hope. No one dreamt of the possibility of Toronto and eventually Vancouver and Montreal getting into MLS at that point. It was just, that's hope that something might good come of it. And, and these fans that love the game and stuck with it when no sane person should have, and hands up right here, uh, they, they kept it going and, and created that trophy. And I think it's a valuable history. And it's why a lot of Voyagers, and I'll end with this, it was a lot, it's why a lot of Voyagers refused to call it the Canadian Championship um, and refused to, to, to give credence to the, to, the, to the sponsorship to it. They wanted that, that importance of the Vo that name, the Voyagers Cup, because it was the sports group, the Voyagers, that basically were the, the impetus behind it. So that's why if you hear people call it the Voyagers Cup, that's why they're calling it the Voyagers Cup. I don't have any problem with giving the sponsors a nod here and there, but it will always be the Voyagers heart, Cup in my heart and uh, most people that, that care about the competition. So how was it that an American company got involved in sponsoring this uh, event? And uh, can you just tell us how Amway got involved with it? Yeah, it was Neutralite before that, and then Amway sort of is just one and the same. Uh, you know, I won't say what they do. If you want to look it up, it's kind of a bit dodgy, but... At any rate, uh, they got involved for the same reason any team does. It's not exactly the most prestigious football trophy in the world. We'll be full of anyone would admit that. And the CSA needed the sponsorship money for it, and, and Amway stepped up and or Neutralite at the time stepped up and gave it to them. So that's why, and they just extended it this week. So it's going to be the Amway Canadian Championship for some time. And that's the distinction you make. It's the Amway Canadian Championship, which is the tournament. The Voyagers Cup is the cup that you win. It's not the Amway Voyagers Cup, and they have never. The CSA, to its credit, has never tried to rename the trophy. They've always maintained that that name. And you got to is one last quick thought. Uh, Paul Byrne, who used to be the business operator operations uh, manager at, for TFC, 
he was one of the driving forces among the pro teams to, to have the Voyager's Cup um, adopted by the, that championship. So he deserves some credit for that. I know a lot of people like to blame Paul for a lot of things, but he deserves credit for that. Great. And do you think this year may be one of those years that an NASL side might reach the final, maybe cause an upset? I actually had this discussion on, on my podcast. I know, I listened to it actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I'll, I'll repeat it here. It's the Two Saltings podcast, just to get the plug in. Uh, available on iTunes. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> sorry guys. The, uh, do I think, no, I, the short answer is no. I don't think an NASL team is ready to win it yet. But the longer answer is maybe kind of possibly. And the reason I say that is because I think Toronto has to, after its disaster and after the big money it spent, and you got to understand that amongst the general fan in Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver and any of these cities, they don't really know what the hell this competition is yet. They, a lot of people, I've talked to people um, that are TFC season ticket holders from day one that are fairly decent fans of the sport, but that still refer to the neutral light games for the, the Voyager's Cup games as as friendlies. They don't conceptualize this idea of parallel competitions in North America. The average fan doesn't. So... When you think about that from a, from a management perspective at TFC, their priority has to be on making the playoffs because that's the only way that they're going to view their season as successful. They've won the Voyager's Cup a bunch of times. No one ever talks about those Voyager's Cups when they talk about TFC's history. They talk about how bad they've been in MLS play. They have to correct that. The impact learned firsthand how much of an effect playing in, in the CONCACAF Champions League was last year. Um, they were an old team anyway. They're still an old team, and they got banged up running around in Central America, and that's part of the reason, I believe, why they they collapsed so badly at the end of last year. So you'd have to think that they're going to be like, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do some squad rotation here. Vancouver probably wants to win it, but, you know, how motivated are some of those players? Like, Nigel Real Coker, is he really that inspired by the Neutralite? By, sorry, I keep calling it Neutralite. By the, uh, by the Voyager's Cup? Probably not. I don't know. It's I think that's one of the advantages TFC's had over the years is how many Canadians they have that are pumped up to win the Canadian Championship. And that's, if you look at the history of it, it's been the Canadian players for Toronto that have stepped up a lot. Dero, what he played for them, was a huge player in that competition. It's one of the things from a Toronto perspective. I think Dero is going to be a key to this to this competition this year, what, whether he steps up, because he, he's a big game player. He's a cup player. He had a lot of goals in the, the U.S. Open Cup run last year. He might be a surprise there. But uh, do I think that Ottawa or Edmonton can win it this year? No, but I think that they can cause some problems. I, especially I was just going to argue because of the amount of Canadians we have with 11. <laughs> we got to win it by default now because Dwayne has made this argument. That <laughs> there's a lot of Canadians on it. There t- I tell you what, if, if you draw the impact... That's going to be interesting because the impact are not doing so well right now. Yeah, and they really don't want to advance. So yeah, they don't. They won't say it officially, but it's like they don't care as much about this tournament this year. Yeah, for sure. How do you uh, do? You guys think we'll have a big turnout on Wednesday, or do you think that people will not show up? I hope so. I I like to see them uh, carry forward the uh, momentum they got on Saturday and and see a lot of people out there cheering on the team in a really important game. Yeah, let's hope like they should be able to sell out thirty four hundred, in in Ottawa for for football. Like it's, yeah. I think it'll be the 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 six home games at Carlton. I, I expect them to be sold out. I know it's a Wednesday night game, but if the weather's good, they'll be sold out again. For sure. All right, so uh, that concludes this portion of the podcast, and uh, we'll be right back with a preview of the Railhawks.
All right, so next Saturday we're gonna play the Railhawks, but that game honestly seems so far away for me right now because like what we, what I have on my mind is the Edmonton game, so I really didn't do my homework and learning anything about this team and it's my first year watching the NASL so Blocksmith it's all you buddy yeah well Carolina comes in uh, next Saturday the 28th and uh, it looks to be a really strong team they've always been really high on uh, the leaderboards for the NASL since the inception um, they play a very high tempo game uh, the combination of uh, Cesar Elizondo I believe and Zach Shalowski or Definitely lethal, and uh, they control the midfield very well. Um, they uh, they spanked uh, Fort Lauderdale yesterday four one, and it was just they could score at will. It seemed in the second half. Um, what their, was their first game? First game was one one in Indy, and Indy just came out firing. It was their home opener, playing in front of uh, stacked eleven thousand, full house. Cool. And something to think about, too, is that Carolina has kind of rebuilt their offense this year. They've had a lot of player movement, a lot of changes, and they're already gelling. Like, they're already... Yeah, they look like a really strong team. They look, they communicated very well. Well, this is great news, guys. Something to be optimistic <laughs> about. Well, I mean, I mean, Carolina's historically been done very well at home. Their way record is sketchy. Um, if they have one... Deficiency in our lineup. It's our keeper. He does play well. His uh, name is uh, Kira Fitzgerald. He's uh, he's only listed at 5'9", and he looks shorter than that. He does very well, but I think that's uh, something that uh, the Fury can exploit at the game at uh, Carlton next Saturday. For sure. Well, this pretty much concludes our podcast this week, but before we do that, I want to say a huge thank you for... Uh, for Dwayne Rollins to show up and uh, you know join this relatively obscure, lesser known and very amateur <laughs> like podcast, uh, we really appreciate it, Dwayne. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I am most the easiest place to find me on Twitter. I'm the KaneSoccerNews.com um, or on on Twitter. Uh, I said on Twitter and I just repeated myself. I'm very professional as well. <laughs> at the twenty fourth minute, so that's at two four the numbers, th minute altogether, of course. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to follow me in the sense because uh, all my stuff's promoted there. Yeah, and uh, guys, do check out the Two Solitudes uh, podcast with Kevin. Uh, they're doing a great job and they cover all of the uh, Canadian MLS teams, NASL sides. And whenever there's like an announcement during the week, they have extra specials. Like I, I listened to the, the League One Ontario special you guys did. That was very informative. And uh, if you want to get in touch with ours, is the Fury podcast. Our Twitter handle is at Ottawa Fury. And uh, I hope you guys will give us a listen next week. Who the fuck are the rail hugs? <laughs> That's not in there, right? It, yeah.